0: U P M. Hi Michael. This is mom. I'm calling Michael to tell you that I just heard on the radio that Michael Stanley passed away today and he was seventy three, I think they said he had cancer. End of message.
1: When I was a little kid growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, shores of Lake Erie, the north coast. Uh, There was a singer songwriter from my city, my hometown that had become as close to famous uh, as any other musician in that city had ever come. You know, uh, his name was Michael Stanley His actually his real name was Michael Stanley Gee. G-E-E. But uh, after he started to become a rock star, you know, he dropped the Gee and was known only as Michael Stanley. And Michael Stanley died about two weeks ago. And this was a big deal uh, in my hometown. And it was really sweet and kind of my mother to remember me and to call me and to let me know that Michael Stanley had died. It is kind of like, um, you know, sweet to be remembered that way by my mom because, you know, I am like the family music guy, you know? So uh, she reached out and kind of let me know and I felt really bad. You know, I felt really bad just sitting here right now Thinking about it, I got my cup of coffee here, kind of reflecting on the days of yore, you know, the days of yesteryear, and my childhood growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, and just kind of remembering, thinking, um, how much of an icon Michael Stanley had become, uh, to me when I was just a little kid, you know? Um, I'm going to get a sip of my coffee here really quick before I continue. So hang on. Okay. so yeah, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, um, Michael Stanley and the Michael Stanley Band were everywhere uh, in my life. They were on television. They were on MTV. you know, they were on the record player, they were on t-shirts, they were the first concert for pretty much everybody that I knew, you know, everybody in my sphere, you know, when I was maybe, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, that age range, I mean, Michael Stanley and the Michael Stanley Band had become fixtures uh, in Cleveland city life, you know, Um, and it was actually kind of an amazing story, really. And one that kind of, uh, provokes a lot of thought, you know, especially now, many years later, looking back, reflecting a little bit and kind of having had some experiences myself, um, you know, I kind of see the Michael Stanley band and that, that whole thing through a different lens, but I guess probably before I continue talking about this, I should give you some of the basic facts uh, about Michael Stanley to kind of familiarize you with him a little bit. And, you know, of course, I went on to Wikipedia and he has a page, of course, and I kind of printed out, you know, the information and skimmed through it. And I thought that I would share with you A couple of things that will probably help to acquaint you with uh, the Michael Stanley Band. So I guess we can start by, I already told you that he changed his name, but we'll we'll just kind of go with this here. Um, His birth name, Michael Stanley Gee. Uh, He was born March 25th, 1948 in Cleveland, Ohio, but actually he was born in a city called Rocky River which was literally one town over from where I grew up and where I was born. Okay. So, um, he died March 5th, 2021 at the age of 72. So my mom was wrong. She thought it was 73. He was actually a year younger, 72. Sorry, mom, but thanks for the call. Um, uh, he was a singer songwriter and, uh, you know, after, uh, the Michael Stanley band broke up because that eventually happened. Uh, He had a career on Cleveland radio as a disc jockey for many, many, many years on a station called WNCX. And uh, I think he also worked for another station called WMMS. And uh, actually WMMS was uh, very important okay, to me uh, when I first set out on this whole rock and roll songwriting thing WMMS was really supportive of me when I was very young Um, just thought I would mention that but he also worked there I never met him okay I never met Michael Stanley but I did meet one of his band members once and I'll get into that in a little while but uh, he was a guitarist and he was a singer and he was in a group Before the Michael Stanley Band, called Silk. And then he just started to perform, uh, you know, acoustic songs, like folk songs, kind of like a Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan kind of thing for a while. And uh, then eventually formed the Michael Stanley Band, which was a fully electric, you know, pop rock kind of project. Um, It's actually very interesting really the the story of Michael Stanley because his group, his band him, really had gotten so close, so close to superstardom I mean they had all the ingredients everything that they needed to go all the way and some would argue that they did that they actually did go all the way but I don't know, have you ever heard of the Michael Stanley band? Well, I suppose if you lived anywhere but northeast ohio or you know certain key markets uh, throughout the united states you probably have never heard of them before but um you know they they had so many uh, amazing developments or amazing achievements as a band like um i mean just to name a few let's see uh, here in this wikipedia page they're talking about um uh, how the Michael Stanley Band had set uh, several attendance records at the Cleveland area venues, okay? Record-setting numbers. So there was a place in near where I lived. It was south of where I lived, maybe about 50 miles south of my where I actually lived. Um, it was called the Richfield Coliseum, and it was where the Cleveland Cavaliers would play... It was um, you know like if U2 or the Rolling Stones or you know bigger groups like The Cure or bands like that when they came to Northeast Ohio uh, especially if it was in the winter time they would play at the Richfield Coliseum so that should give you an idea of exactly how big this local quote-unquote local band had gotten Um, they were playing the Richfield Coliseum, and not only were they playing there, but they were setting attendance records at this place. So that should give you kind of an idea of what we're talking about here, like the scope and the scale of how big the Michael Stanley Band had gotten in my hometown. Um, Yeah, that record that they set at the Richfield Coliseum uh, was 20,320 people at one concert for a local band, okay? And a record 40,529 for two Coliseum concerts on December 31st, 1981, and January 1st, 1982. Um, let's see what it says here. The band's greatest achievement was a total attendance of 70... Okay, okay get this, listen to this. A total attendance of 74,000... 404 people during a four night stand at a place near where I grew up, uh, just South, you know, where I grew up called the blossom music center. Um, which was a, like an amphitheater kind of like similar to red rocks in uh, Colorado or, you know, like an open air, uh, venue where there was a pavilion. And then like outside of the pavilion, there were lawn seats, you know, um, They did four nights in a row there. Okay, four nights sold out at Blossom Music Center. 74,404 people attended in total. That was August 25th, 26th, the 30th, and the 31st of 1982. So think about that. That's absolutely enormous. Um, They had a song. Okay, they had actually a couple that had uh, broken into uh, Billboard's top 100. Um, they had a song called, He Can't Love You. And that song was written by the keyboardist and the singer, the other singer in the Michael Stanley band because they had two main singers, Michael Stanley and Kevin Raleigh. And Kevin Raleigh wrote their biggest hit, uh, He Can't Love You. Um, and it was in the top 40, actually. It reached number 33 on Billboard charts. And um, and uh, they had another song called "In the Heartland" from an album called North Coast. That that song went to number six on Billboard Top Forty. Okay, Um, and the video. Okay, they had a video they had shot for uh, the song "He Can't Love You," the earlier song I was talking about that had reached number thirty-three. They made uh, a video for it, and that video was the 47th video ever played on MTV. Isn't that cool? Like a band from my hometown had actually made it onto MTV. Way in the beginning, man. Way in the beginning. And you know, actually they, they, they had one more song Okay, the Michael Stanley Band had one more song. It was called My Town, which was like a song about Cleveland, you know, the steel town and growing up like where I grew up, you know, much like Bruce Springsteen did with, uh, you know, New Jersey. You know, he sang about the experience of growing up in New Jersey, you know. And there's a lot of things uh, with the Michael Stanley Band, probably much like Bruce Springsteen, where if you're from you know, New Jersey, okay, you know, the references, uh, when, you know, Springsteen is singing about something, you know, because you're from there, you know, the references, right? Well, Michael Stanley was for me and everybody else I knew. He was that for my city. And actually it's interesting too. speaking of Bruce Springsteen, Uh, That song, He Can't Love You, you know, the one that charted uh, the saxophone in that song. And I'm sure when you hear it, you'll know uh, the saxophone on that track is being played by Clarence Clemens from the E Street Band. So, I mean, like I said, there's there are so many achievements, so many things the Michael Stanley Band had done. And there's like a certain level of success they had risen to, but for some reason, okay, they just never really broke nationwide or internationally. They just didn't, something just didn't click, okay? Maybe it was, you know, the themes of the songs or something, or maybe it was their sound or something, or maybe. They had falling, uh, falling out with, you know, some kind of record executive or something, but for one reason or another, despite the billboard charts, despite the touring, despite the success and the record breaking attendance at concerts, uh, you know, despite uh, Clarence Clemens, even, you know, playing on one of their albums and, you know, all these things that this group had achieved none of it really mattered, you know, when it came to uh, national or international success. It didn't really guarantee any of that, you know. What a strange lesson to learn uh, growing up, you know, as a young and -and up-and-coming musician, that uh, sometimes it doesn't matter uh, how many opportunities you get You know, sometimes, you know, there's no real guarantee that uh, just because you write good songs and you have successes and you get very, very close to the top. I mean, when Michael Stanley died, get this, okay, check this out. When Michael Stanley died, Paul Stanley from Kiss, you know, tweeted about it. Okay, I mean, this guy. was huge i mean they had an album that they had released called cabin fever and it was produced by none other than mutt langa and if you know anything about music and the industry and production i mean mutt langa is about as big as you can get i mean he's produced you know acdc def leopard uh you know shania twain you know um just so many great groundbreaking, you know, internationally successful groups, you know, and uh, he started with the Michael Stanley Band. Believe it or not. And that's a fact. I didn't know that until I read the Wiki page and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't believe how far the Michael Stanley Band got. And they just never popped, you know, it just never they never broke nationally. Or internationally um, even though they were on the show the American Bandstand even do you remember that show back in the day you know with Dick Clark and he would have the groups that were the most popular at the time you know perform live in the studio and you know, the kids would dance and they would rate the music and all that kind of stuff well the Michael Stanley band actually made it onto American Bandstand even and even that didn't guarantee any real kind of Major success or anything. It boggles the mind, really, that um, a group uh, could be that successful, that connected, and, you know, doing whatever they had to do to get to where they were. Uh, You know, even setting attendance records at a Coliseum, you know, and even that didn't guarantee national or international success. But the lesson learned here is that it was enough to solidify the Michael Stanley band as like heroes of my hometown. And, um, there's something to be said for that, you know, um, it's kind of cool in a way, it's almost like it's a secret, you know, the secret what? like knowledge, you know, of this music or whatever. Like you have to be from where I'm from to know about this. And that's really very much how it is, you know? And it is kind of funny too, because when I started to play the club circuit in Cleveland, I was probably about 20, 19 or 20 years old. Um, you know, by that time, Uh, A lot of the musicians that I was coming up with were so, you know, disillusioned with the Michael Stanley Band and just, you know, oh, they're just so lame, you know, they're so homogenized and, you know, because, you know, the, the songs and the lyrics and things, the themes that the Michael Stanley Band sang about were innocent, you know, they were clean and good and they weren't confrontational in any way. so if you think about it really it was a wise thing to do because you know anytime you drop like a f bomb or a swear word or you know the subject matter starts to kind of go south a little bit uh the song that you're doing you know you limit your audience right so they were smart i guess in the sense that um you know they didn't limit their audience that way you could be an eight year old kid a ten year old kid and it was okay to listen to that music and especially uh you know Back in the day when, you know, you had parents that were monitoring what children were listening to and stuff like that, um, you know, it was safe music. And, you know, for that reason, and probably for many others, you know, the Michael Stanley Band was, for many of the people that I grew up with and people around me, it was like their first concert experience because it was okay. The parents were would let you go to the Michael Stanley Band concert because there wasn't going to be a lot of trouble, and it wasn't going to be a bad influence. The music was, you know, relatively easy uh, pop music, uh, very well crafted, very well performed and recorded songs. But you know, the subject matter was clean and safe. And uh, I suppose, now that I'm saying that, sitting here saying it, I'm thinking about it, and it's like you know, I, I kind of um yeah i would say i kind of adopted that idea maybe it was from the michael stanley band or maybe i just came kind of came up with it on my own but i don't know i'll have to think about that but you know i never swear you'll never hear me cuss or swear in one of my songs it just won't ever happen and anytime i've been in a band where they would swear like in the song i would demand that they would get rid of the swear word You know like it just not only is it you know not appropriate okay but it like i said it limits your audience right so maybe that's where i got that from i mean as i'm listening to this music i'm going back you know and listening to these songs and i did this probably about three years ago actually i had a a phase you know I i had met somebody on facebook who uh for one reason or another we had gotten in a conversation about the michael stanley band and uh my friend rob and and he knew who they were and he was a fan of them even though he lived in san francisco right he uh grew up in the midwest and he knew the michael stanley band and he was still a fan and him and i got into this conversation about it you know this cultural thing this cultural phenomena uh from northeast ohio called the michael stanley band and uh you know, so I started to go back and comb through some of those albums that I remember, you know, playing in my household. You know, back in the day when my brothers and sisters, my older brothers and sisters, would, you know, buy the latest Michael Stanley album and they'd put it on the record player. Remember those? And uh, oh, it was just, you know, and they would play, okay, they would play the whole album. Like my brothers and sisters and cousins and friends and everybody like that in that time period with that experience of vinyl and records and things album covers i'll remember those they were so great but people didn't usually skip around too much track to track a lot of the time at least from my memory you know you'd put the needle down on the vinyl and you'd start at the beginning and you'd play you know the whole album and you would kind of become acquainted with the whole albums, And that's how it was for me growing up. I mean, it's so funny because you can play me a Michael Stanley album, you know, from that time period. And when the first song is ending, I know what the next song is just because I can remember the sound. <laughs> you know, I don't even have to look at the track list. I can remember what song is coming next. I listen to these albums that much. kind of amazing to think about now because you know i almost never listen to an album from beginning to end anymore i don't know about you maybe that's the case but for me that's definitely the case you know um isn't that weird i think it's weird to think about that you know why is that we stopped listening to albums all the way through I mean, is it really because of like, you know, the MP3 or the digital format or CD format? Like, why did we stop putting an album on from the beginning and just playing it all the way through rather than just skipping to the songs we like? There's some food for thought. But um, so here I am now, you know, in the year uh, you know, 2021. Michael Stanley has just recently passed away. And, you know, really, when I think about it, it's kind of like a part of my childhood has passed away too. You know, it's a little bit sad or sadder, I guess, in that way for me personally. You know, I kind of feel much like when Eddie Van Halen died or Neil Peart died from Rush, you know, these, these people for me, you know, they're very important people for me growing up. You know, I was a young kid, I I knew I was gonna be making music one way or another. Um, How that was gonna happen, I didn't know. But a lot of these artists that I just talked about, you know, they were a big part of my life, you know, really. Not just, you know, what I like or my tastes or something. It was like, like I said, especially, especially with Michael Stanley. I mean, growing up where I did, I mean, everybody I knew liked that band, you know? And um, it was kind of cool because later on, I played drums in a group that had signed a contract with a PR firm. Um, they were going to handle our press and all that kind of stuff. And, you uh, know, it was kind of a big deal, I guess. We thought we were kind of, you know, pretty cool, you know, uh, getting some kind of contract you know signing an official contract with a company you know a big powerful company and it was kind of cool because the artist management for that particular company was none other than Kevin Raleigh the other lead singer and songwriter and keyboard player from the Michael Stanley band you know he was assigned to my band and to help us along and You know, kind of like the liaison between this PR firm and my band. Right. And he would come down to our practice space and we would talk about stuff, you know, whatever business stuff. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, like how cool that was. Like, I can't wait to tell my sister, you know, because my sister to this day is like a huge Michael Stanley band fan. In fact, her wedding song was his song, Spanish Nights. She her and her husband, who've been married for like ever now, like 40 years or something, th- you know, 35, 40 years, something like that. 30 years, 40 years. Um, their wedding song was Spanish Nights by the Michael Stanley Band. So like to this day, my sister is still a huge fan. And, you know, when I was working with Kevin Raleigh, oh, I was just like, oh, I just can't wait to tell her, you know, She's gonna think this is so cool. Like to me, like, like even though, okay, even though my friends were so like, ugh, you know, the Michael Stanley band, whatever. You know, they're so lame, you know, they're so naff. I can't even believe you're talking about them. And, oh, you know, Kevin Raleigh's working with us. Oh, big deal, the guy from Michael Stanley, right? That's how they were. And I was like, kind of like quietly, silently to myself going, This is pretty cool actually i'm talking to kevin raleigh from the michael stanley band you know (laughs) i swear to you i wasn't starstruck or anything it was just like this is so cool like i'm moving up right like i'm gonna make it you know um one of those things you know you get a few of those along the way um if you're an up-and-coming musician or something you get a few of those along the way these these moments of cool You know, the access to someone or something that you can only get if you're in a band, you know. And uh, that was one of them for me. Uh, A a really kind of funny and cool memory, really. Oh, man, I can just talk and talk and talk. Can I? I'm going to get a sip of my coffee. Hang on. Yeah, so I'm sitting here in my studio, just kind of, uh, you know, reminiscing a little bit, thinking about uh, my childhood, and, you know, it is kind of cool, I guess, or sad, or whatever, that, um, you know, when somebody like Michael Stanley passes away, you know, dies, a part of our life, a part of our memory and our childhood or whatever, that dies with him, you know. But what's interesting is okay, uh, after he died, his numbers as far as social media and streaming and downloads and record sales and merchandise, it went through the roof, man. It went through the roof, you know, that posthumous selling of records, you know, Um, which is kind of cool because what that means ultimately is that, you know, when you think about it anyway, Uh, even though the man is gone, you know, he is no longer here. His music lives on, you know, it's immortal and, you know, forever and ever somewhere, uh, on planet earth, somebody, somewhere forever will be listening to the Michael Stanley band for the first time discovering it or just, you know, listening to it again. You know, and and I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Some great songs. In fact, you know, I wanted to make a point of mentioning the songs that I liked the most. Okay. Um, And, you know, you got to bear in mind, too, that I was a little kid. So I wasn't like really, you know, into digging into groups and stuff yet. I was still too young. But these are the songs that stood out to me. Okay. Um, He had a song called Why Should Love Be This Way. and it came out like in 1978, so I was like seven years old when that song came out, but um, it was a great song. In fact, uh, Michael Stanley's singing style, okay, was a bit like what they referred to as yarling, you know, when when a singer sings like off the roof of their mouth, you know, kind of like that guy from Creed or, uh, you know, Lifehouse. When they sing from the roof of their mouth, like this, they're in for changing, you are leaning for truth. Well, M- Michael Stanley kind of was the first yarler, you know, before Eddie Vedder or, you know, um, before Creed, you know, there was the Michael Stanley band. And he, he kind of had that sound, a baritone voice though, I think. So, um, it's a very rich vocal and Uh, very original singing style you know at the time I mean he was the only person that sounded like that and um, uh, just a really guttural earthy you know rich voice you know and you'll be able to tell when you listen to these songs if you take the time to listen to this music I'm talking about now and I'll leave the links down below so you can check it out but yeah, he had this song, Why Should Love Be This Way. A fantastic song. It'll blow your mind. It's so well done. And he uh, had another song. It was kind of a hit called Baby If You Want to Dance. Uh, you know, it went something like, Baby, if you want to dance, you've got to pay the band. You know, it was that kind of music. You know, Celebratory, kind of fun. You know, Friday night rock out kind of music, right? Um, he Can't Love You. Course, which is the one that made it onto MTV. It's a big song for them. They have another song called Lover. And it's probably, I would say it's probably my favorite Michael Stanley band song. And it has a really famous line in there um, where he says, uh, thank God for the man who put the white lines on the highway. You know, that became like a big, you know, <laughs> like a big deal at his concerts like the crowd would sing that line you know uh, in that song Lover and it was kind of funny one time um, I was in a band the same band that had signed with that PR firm right and uh, we were on our way home uh, from a show in Youngstown back to Cleveland and which is ironic because that song Lover was written on the way home from Youngstown back to Cleveland by Michael Stanley, and it was one of those, you know, uh, Cleveland snowstorms, right? And he said that, you know, the snow was so bad on the turnpike coming home that, you know, you could barely see. And like, thank God there was somebody who put the white lines on the highway. I remember having this conversation or this argument really With the bass player and the band I was in about what that line actually meant. Like, he was like swearing up and down that it was a drug reference, you know, cocaine. Like, thank God for the man who put the cocaine on the road for musicians, like that kind of thing. And I was like arguing him down, like, no, the Michael Stanley band did not sing about drugs. Okay. They didn't do that. They were like wholesome, clean, good innocent songs just regular songs with no controversy you know no drugs no 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 you're wrong okay i remember specifically having that argument i laugh about it now you know uh with uh, a sense of nostalgia you know <laughs> i do i do uh but okay so yeah he had one more song that i can remember that i really liked a lot and like i said i'll leave the links For all this music down below, so you guys can check it out, Um, he had a song called My Town, and it was about, you know, Cleveland, and he was singing directly, I mean, directly to the people of the city. And, you know, it was like an anthem, you know, for the city of Cleveland. It still is, you know, it still is. And probably even more so now that he passed away, you know? And you know what's cool? Check this out. They named a street in Cleveland after Michael Stanley. Can you believe that? They actually named a street in the city after this guy, you know, I mean, because he had not only contributed, you know, music and songs and concerts and memories, you know, through the Michael Stanley band, but after he quit the band or after the band uh, broke up, Michael Stanley had a career as a disc jockey, okay, like I mentioned, on WNCX, and I think for uh, WMMS for a while, and he was also on a show, a local TV show, um, called PM Magazine. That was the name of the show, and he hosted it for a long time, and uh, he did so well. You know, when I think about it now, I look back on it... um, It wasn't a big deal that, you know, Michael Stanley was on TV because by that time I was like so familiar with him, you know, almost overexposed to Michael Stanley. You know, I'd seen him and heard him everywhere. But when I look back on it now, he really did do a great job. I mean, as far as the transition from being a front man in a famous rock band or a pseudo semi-famous rock band to being the host of a TV show, yeah, he actually did pretty well, and you can actually go back, uh, which is the, one of the greatest things about YouTube, is you can actually go back and watch footage of him on PM Magazine from back in the day. You can, you know, you can go back and check this stuff out. It's so cool, you know, it's so cool. But you know, I'm gonna jump off here pretty soon. You know, I think I've talked about Michael Stanley Band enough to uh, you know, wrap this up, but I I do want to say this and I, and I've thought about this, you know, and, um, I'm going to say something that may sound a little bit corny. Okay. A a little bit cheesy, but I got to assure you. Okay. That I mean it. And I, and it's really something that I, I seriously believe. Okay. That I love The Michael Stanley Band, not only because the songs are great, okay, but because in a lot of ways, really, without them, like there would be no me, you know, there would be no pipe choir or anything like that. And I really the more I listen to these older cuts from these records from back in the 70s and 80s, you know, I realize how much impact this group had on me and how much of, you know, what they did lives through what I do. And what's even kind of cooler is, you know, much like the Michael Stanley band, okay, in my own small way, so I was nowhere near ever, ever as big as they were, okay? As small as they were, I never got that big. But um, no matter how many opportunities I had or how much experience I had or didn't have or, uh, opportunities I was denied for one reason or another, um, it didn't matter, you know, like I was going to be me, I was going to do what I did and he was going to do what he did. And people are going to be listening to both his and my music long after we're gone. It's just that way. It's the, the transcendental, you know, aspect of this thing we do called music, you know, um, it'll outlive me even, you know, and uh, it didn't matter that I didn't become famous. It doesn't matter. You don't have to become famous and wealthy in order for music, in order for the music that you make to touch people to touch their lives, to reach into their lives and become part of their lives. You know, you don't have to become famous. You don't have to become wealthy in order for that to happen. You know, so think about that, folks. And, you know, if you get the chance, you know, check out the links I'll leave you below and maybe, you know, google michael stanley band and you know read a little bit and learn a little bit and you will probably find a song they've done that you actually really like i mean they really had a lot of great material a lot of great songs great songwriting that will live on forever not just in my house and on my cd player and you know in my heart and my mind and my memory but in the hearts the minds and the memories of pretty much everybody that lives in Cleveland, Ohio, or grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, you know, those children of the 70s and 80s, you know, and uh, that's where I'm going to leave it, folks. So peace out, everybody. A special thanks to my mom for giving me the heads up about Michael Stanley, breaking the news to me gently, you know, and uh, peace out, everybody. My happy innovators. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Yeah. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, happy innovators, ready to hear some new music today. I think I'm going to try something a little bit different this time around. Um, There's a group that I discovered about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, A group that I kind of just I found their CD or was given their CD by somebody. I forget who. And um, it was just one of those things. It was like an album that uh, only had maybe six songs on it, and it was a band I'd never heard of before. They were called Echo Send, and they were from, I think, Chicago, maybe? And I had this CD, you know, from them, and there's a song on there. It's called Let Me In, and it's the opening track on this CD that I was given. Um, Maybe I was given the CD to review it or something by somebody, it was like that kind of thing. Not exactly sure, but for some reason, like I, I really like this song, okay? There's actually a couple tracks on this CD. Maybe I'll share one or two of them with you um, just kind of to, to see if you like them as well. Um, there's two songs, one's called Let Me In and one is called Home. And these two songs are so good. And I thought rather than sharing something of mine on this podcast today, I I figured I would give it a shot and see, um, you know, what it's like to use someone else's music. Um, Hopefully, you know, there won't be any copyright strikes or anything like that. I don't think there will be. I'm not even sure if they're even a band anymore. Um, But I want to share their music with you and kind of let you have the opportunity to listen, Um, It's obviously, probably something you've never heard before. And uh, maybe I'll turn you on to something new. All right. So here we go. Uh, Two tracks by Echo Send, a band from Chicago, I believe. Uh, Yeah, the copyright here is 1999. It's their songs, not mine. Uh, A song called Let Me In. And then right after that, a song called Home. And uh, just see if you like it. Check it out. And don't forget to check out those Michael Stanley Band links for everything that I'll leave in this video description um, and in this podcast description, too, probably. Um, So until next time, folks, peace out, have fun, be safe and enjoy the music.